Hey guys, it's Simmy, and this is Wrestling Unlimited, as we are here on the 27th of July, 2021, to talk about everything that went down tonight on NXT, not on USA Network, but on Sci-Fi. I'm going to say it right now, I made a chicken and broccoli casserole for dinner, and I may ate a little too much, and my belly's all like, yep, yeah, you may have ate a little too much, because now... I'm about to explode, but whatever. I'm just kidding. No, I did eat too much, and uh, whoo. But with that, guys, we're here to talk about NXT tonight. NXT was an all right show. I think if I didn't know the spoilers, I would have liked tonight's show a lot more because in the Dakota Kai Raquel Gonzalez thing, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, when's she going to attack? When's she going to attack? When's she going to attack? I know it's coming. When's she going to? And, and like, it's just going and going and going. And because I knew it was go coming to me, it felt like this segment just went on and on and on and on and on. And that's the one thing I don't like about the spoilers, but it's my job to know the spoilers to bring them to you guys. So I kind of had to read them. If I didn't have to, then I would have preferred not to because I would have loved to not know that that Dakota Kai turn was coming tonight. Like, we all knew. We all assumed that the Dakota Kai turn was coming eventually where she was going to turn on Raquel and go for the title. That was something we all knew was going to happen eventually. But to have it spoiled and just be sitting there like, okay, when's it coming? When's it coming? They're dragging this out. I didn't like that, but that's, again... Personal preference. Don't want to be spoiled. Um, Chase Douglas says, what was your reaction to Dakota Kai turning on Kelly Gonzalez again? Couldn't have a reaction because I already knew it was coming. That was the bad thing. That is the bad thing about these pre-tape shows. I wish they were all live. There's no reason why this show didn't have to be live tonight. Yes, it wasn't on USA. It was on Sci-Fi. But was that a WWE call to not do it live? Or was that an NBC Universal call to say pre-tape it? You know what I mean? So, I don't know whose call it was, whether that was WWE and they go, fuck it, we're just going to tape two weeks until we get back to USA. Or if it was NBC Universal saying, hey, it's just easier for everybody if you just pre-tape these shows. I mean, they pre-taped the shows. They didn't have to work tonight. So Tomasa Ciampa threw a birthday party for his daughter and Dakota Kai was there. Just saying. But with that, I want to say thank you to Cold Cuts in the YouTube chat for the Tier 1 subscription at six months. Appreciate that. And yes, that chicken broccoli casserole was as good as it looked. But regardless, I want to say thank you guys for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, if you are watching on YouTube, you can help us out a couple of different ways. In the live chat, you can help us out with a super chat or a super sticker donation. Also on YouTube, you can join us. You can subscribe by becoming a channel member. As far as being a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to non-news podcasts, early access to a bunch of other things. I'm Blinking right now, sorry. Early access to news, early access to non-news podcasts, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. 
on the flip side. If you're watching on Twitch, you can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can subscribe to the channel on Twitch one of two different ways. You can subscribe either with a tiered subscription just like Cold Cuts did or with Amazon Prime because if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel that you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you use that on us right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Um, question, Cold Cut says, do the crowd have to be vaccinated? Now, I don't know if they have to be vaccinated, but I know they have to at least have a negative COVID test because last I heard, which was before the vaccinations, WWE was actually paying for the fans' COVID tests. That's when they only had about 50, 60 fans in the building. They were paying for them to go get tested for COVID. And if their test came back negative, they were able to enter as a fan. But now that they've got over 200, if not more people in there every week, I don't know if they're requiring them to get vaccinated saying, hey, if you want to be in the crowd for NXT, you got to be vaccinated, or if they just got to prove that they're either vaccinated or negative tests. That's, I don't know, and that's something I should ask about. But like I said, I know before, when they had about 50 people in there as fans, they were paying for them to go get vaccinated, and then, they were, and then WWE would shuttle them from one area back over to the Performance Center. Um... Just reading some more of the chat really fast before we get going. So since Saturday asks is the same thing with the main roster. The main roster, it all depends on the venue. If, say, they go to the All-State Arena and they say anybody can enter, regardless vaccinated or not, anybody can enter, regardless vaccinated or not. But say they go Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden will be requiring that you are either vaccinated and have proof of the vaccination or that within, I want to say it's 48 hours of the show on September 10th, you had a negative COVID test. So that WWE is putting on the arena. Whatever the arena and the guidelines for their state, city, and county, that's what WWE is going off of. Whatever the arena knows that their limitations and expectations are based off of their state, their county, and their city rules and guidelines for COVID-19, which it all could be changing here soon. To be completely honest and not in the in the positive way. Um No, that's not it. Because they didn't know last week that the CDC was gonna come today and say that even if you're vaccinated, you should be wearing a mask. So I don't know. We'll see how this all does go, but there's been a lot of talk today about vaccines and COVID and if you could still get it with the vaccines and this and that. So we'll see what all happens. We'll see if the CDC's made their recommendations and that's all they are, recommendations. But if the government puts new things in place, then we have to follow that. We'll see what happens with all that. But with that, we've got NXT to talk about. And this show kicked off with a hell of a tag team match. It was Pete Dunne and Oni Lorcan against Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. Champion Dunn started this match off, and you know it looks like that's the clear direction. Champa versus Dunn in a singles match eventually. 
early on was a battle of attrition between the two teams. Who can beat the crap out of the other the worst? Great stuff between Thatcher and Dunn at one point. Ciampa and Dunn stayed apart early, but they glared holes at each other. Dunn soon targeted, uh, tagged in and squared off with Ciampa, and business picked up. The match went through a picture-in-picture commercial break. Ciampa and Thatcher stood tall as the show returned. By then, the fight had spilled to the outside. Dunn and Lorcan fought back during the break. A hot tag to Ciampa. Ciampa cleared, uh, let him clear house here, and Ciampa ran wild with a series of lariats. Soon, Ciampa was targeting Dunn's arm, and Lorcan tried to make the save, but he was grabbed by the ankle by Timothy Thatcher. Lorcan was pulled out of the ring by his ankles. Then... Out of nowhere, Ridge Holland would appear, making his big return to NXT. Holland would attack Thatcher with a lariat, laying him out of ringside. Lorcan was then free to jump in the ring, breaking up the submission with Ciampa and Dunn. Ciampa then kicked Lorcan out of the ring, and that allowed Dunn to recover. Dunn escaped a bitter end attempt and covered Ciampa. Oh, no, Dunn executed a bigger bitter end and covered Ciampa to pick up the victory. So, that should be a good match once we get the singles match there. Dunn versus Ciampa. Um, Aaron Wing says they're doing Scott versus Santos to take over 36. Well, I would assume, but has that actually been announced? Because it wasn't announced, at least not that I saw during the show. Let's double check really fast. Let's check the Twitter. Um... Yeah, I don't see. That that has been officially announced. But I assume that is the direction. For takeover swerve and Santos Escobar. So going forward, Holland got into the ring after the match and jumped Thatcher. Lorcan and Dunn made Ciampa watch while Holland assaulted Thatcher. And at one point, Holland picked Ciampa or Thatcher up for a scoop slam and like threw him at the ropes and he just landed, boom, right on the top of his head. And I was like, ooh, that didn't look good. Got a vignette hyping up Carmelo Hayes. I hate when they do these because if you're going to have a tournament, you need to hype up both guys and not just hype up one and then tell us that's who's winning. Because what's the use of us watching the match? If you go, all right, well, here's a, a hype video for Carmelo Hayes and then literally just be like, nothing for Josh Briggs, but that's because he's not winning. Which, we'll talk about this in a little. A shame Josh Briggs didn't make it out of the first round. He's somebody that I thought that they were going to put a lot of emphasis on with this tournament. Like Carmelo Hayes, I assume, was going to go far. But Josh Briggs was somebody that I thought would probably go far as well. Also, still haven't seen any brackets. We don't know who's facing off against who in the second round. Like, we know who made the second round. But we don't know who's facing who. Regardless, hit row with the promo, spoken Spanish. Running down Legado del Fantasma. I'm liking hit row more and more. And then they fucked them up tonight. Hit row, just like I said about Frankie Monet on Twitter. Don't need to be losing right now. 
Not at all. Next up, Samoa Joe made a beeline for the ring. This, this. Give me one second, guys. My Amazon Echo's going off. Damn thing just all of a sudden start playing music, and I don't know why. Like, I didn't even say, Alexa. I don't want to say it too loud and then it go off again. Anyways, Joe made a beeline for the ring. And this man, this, this guy was pissed. I don't know why he keeps going off. Hold on. He's trying to do something again. What is it doing? Do I need to unplug it? There we go. Okay, we're good. Joe pulls out a table and a chair from underneath the ring and sets him up. Joe then invited Regal to join him. Regal sternly walked down the ramp and got into the ring. Joe said that Regal was going to fire carrying cross. But Joe has a much better idea. It's a three-step process. First step, Joe handed Regal a resignation letter, leaving his current role as the enforcer. Joe says he has another document, which is step two. Regal, signing it, would make Joe part of the active roster in NXT. The crowd erupted. Regal didn't know what to say. Instead, leans over and just signs the deal. Joe reminds everybody this is a three-step process, and the third step is a match against Karrion Cross and NXT TakeOver 36 for the NXT Championship, and Regal Signs that as well, making it official at TakeOver. Joe versus Cross. That match, ooh boy. I assume Joe wins the belt and becomes a three-time? Do a little research really fast. Because Joe would win the belt and become a three-time champion, which would also mean he'd be the only three-time champion, I think. Yes. So, as far as the NXT Championship does go, we know Seth Rollins was the first. We know Adam Cole held the title for the longest consecutive days. There have been one, two, three, four two-time champions. And yes, technically, Karrion Cross is a two-time NXT champion. But if and I would assume when Samoa Joe beats Karrion Cross at TakeOver for the title, Joe would become the only three-time NXT champion. Like I said, records are Finn Balor, Nakamura, Joe, and Cross are the only two-time champions. Adam Cole, longest reigning champion of all time. Like as far as longest reigning single run, Finn Balor, longest reigning combined runs. But no one's been a three-time champion. Nobody. But I think that first man will be Samoa Joe. Going forward. LA Knight was at the golf course with Cameron Grimes. And Grimes had to play caddy to LA Knight. 
There was a crude joke about balls that kind of was like, man, whatever. Grimes was a distraction tonight on the course, causing him to shank the ball in the woods at one point. Cross, uh, Knight was super annoyed, and Grimes was happy as heck. To be continued, though. Next up, we had the breakout tournament match, Carmen LaHaye versus Josh Briggs. Again, like I said, they telegraphed who was winning here. And this, even if they didn't, even if we didn't have spoilers, they've done this the last three weeks. They do a hype video for one man in the tournament with a match that night, and then that's the winner. So, I don't like that, but whatever. Played cat and mouse early. Briggs had the power advantage, but Hayes had the heart and the speed, as far as the commentary said. Briggs worked over Hayes as the match went through a commercial break. When they came back, Hayes was making a comeback after the break. He hit a code breaker for a close near fall. Briggs ate a kick, but answered back with a big boot and turned Hayes inside out. Briggs then goozled him with the high choke slam, but Hayes somehow managed to kick out at two. Hayes then hit a tilt-a-whirl counter escape from the clutches of Briggs. Hayes then leapt off the top rope with a slicing leg drop on Briggs, and Hayes covered him to pick up the victory. So, Carmelo Hayes does pick up the victory, and there is one more first-round match in the NXT Breakout Tournament. That final match will be taking place next week, and it will be a Joe Gacy against Trey Baxter. Ted DiBiase would show up at the golf course and give Cameron Grimes a pep talk. This was after Ellie Knight hit a ball in the pond and told Grimes, you know how to swim? You like to swim? Go get the ball. So Grimes found the balls. DiBiase drove up on a golf court, golf cart. DiBiase told Grimes that he was better than this. And then Grimes responded that he was a man of his word, though. Grimes reckoned that Ted would be more upset at him if he didn't live up to his word. DiBiase told Grimes that Grimes wasn't born to be a butler. Quote, you were born to be a champion. DiBiase told Grimes to not lose his pride and urged him to fight for what he believes in. DiBiase then told him to think on it. So, I don't know how long this butler thing's going to last. Hopefully it's over soon. Maybe they have a match to take over in four weeks and then we're putting this behind us. But the question is, once these two guys move off of working with each other, who's going to be the annex, or who's going to be the million dollar champion? Does that title stay around, and do they just treat it like a regular belt or what? The NXT Women's Champion Raquel Gonzalez came down to the ring with Dakota Kai to talk to the crowd and try to find a new challenger. She said that she's defeated everybody. And then asked, who is next to challenge her? And then on commentary and Dakota, they had to say it like three or four times. And this is so annoying. Big mommy cool. Really? Really? Just because people compare her and Dakota to Shawn Michaels and Diesel, she's now got to be big mommy cool because Diesel was big daddy cool? No. It, no. No. Kind of like I've never been a fan of Petey Williams calling himself Little Petey Pump because he once was working with Scott Steiner and called himself Big Papa Pump, so Little Petey Pump. Yeah, no. I, I'm not a fan of 
hey, let's just take the gimmicks and the the nicknames from old wrestlers and like change one word and then think it's new. No, I've never been a fan of that stuff. Not even, and no offense, I like Jordan Grace a lot, but calling her Thick Mama Pump, not, not a fan of that either. But Dakota Kai said her best friend, Big Mama Pump, is, quote, the most dominant woman in NXT history. Kai put over Gonzalez being better than the other champions in NXT, like Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Asuka, and others. I think she even mentioned Ember Moon. Kai then wondered out loud, who is next challenge? Who will come out here and step up to the champ? Who thinks they are woman enough to try and take this title from Raquel? Kai kept yelling towards the entrance ramp. She finally said, well, I guess there's nobody. And the two started to, quote unquote, celebrate in the ring. And I'm like, what the fuck are you celebrating? And this to me, because I knew it was coming, felt like it was long and dragged out. So eventually, Raquel takes the belt off from around her waist. She holds it up high. She gets on the top rope. She's yelling at the crowd, I'm your champion. I'm your champion. And when she steps down off the middle rope, she turns around. Boom. Kicked right in the face by Dakota Kai. Dakota then grabs the belt. Says something to her. Because right before this, she said, as long as I'm by your side, you will remain the dominant champion. And so she has the belt. She says something to Raquel, but we couldn't quite hear it. And then she drops the belt on Raquel's waist as Raquel is laid out in the middle, of the well, in the corner-ish area. So it looks like this will be the feud and the match going into TakeOver. It will be Dakota Kai challenging Raquel Gonzalez. And here's my theory, which this theory may be dead in the water already, but when Frankie Monet... First debuted on the on NXT television. She came out to the champion, Raquel, uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Told her, I am Loera Loca, and in due time, I will be coming for you in that title. And at the time, they were both heels. And I go, okay. Frankie Monet, she's great. Put her in the title picture, give her a couple wins, and then boom. She can win the belt. But you gotta turn Raquel first. Raquel, now the babyface against Dakota Kai. She did. My theory was she defeats Dakota Kai, then Frankie Monet can step up as the heel and they can go from there. But they fucking pinned Frankie Monet tonight, killing any credibility and any momentum she had with the two or three wins that she's she's had in the past month or so. So maybe my idea is shot dead because it's like, fuck, if you're going to build up Frankie Monet to challenge for the championship... You don't pin her. You don't pin her. And that's what they did tonight. They didn't even pin Jesse Kamea. They pinned fucking Frankie. Stupid. This isn't even the main roster. This is NXT fucking shit up. Come on, Paul. Fucking Hunter. Anyways. Adam Cole cut a hell of a promo in the back. I mean, who was who was surprised there? Adam Cole's one of the best talkers in all pro wrestling. Basically said that Bronson Reed is getting ahead of himself thinking that he's going to come out here and beat him tonight and use Adam Cole's stepping stone. Uh-uh. Adam Cole's ready to go, baby. So Io Shirai was training alone at the Performance Center and Zoe Stark approached. He said that they should train together as well. They're the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Shirai said, uh, Shirai said, so, well, I wrote this weird. 
Um, Starks insisted that maybe they should form a friendship. Friends? EO said, no, thank you. Stark says, well, no friendship then, but partners. Stark then invited Shirai to hang out, and she reluctantly agrees. She's like, yeah, I guess. We then see that Mandy Rose has got herself a little group. Just as Frankie Monet is trying to grow herself a group, Mandy Rose is trying to grow a group as well. She's got DG Lo Gigi Dolan, the former Priscilla Kelly, and JC Jane. I don't know where this is going. We get the Battle of the Mean Girls. He said, instead of WVD, Weird Vince Decisions, you could say WHD, Weird Hunter Decisions. True, but you don't get many of those. Like, usually NXT is booked logically. And they don't do stuff like beating a legit challenger for your championship, if not a possible next champion, just to build up some stupid feud with Robert fucking Stone of all people. Basically, Mandy Rose has got herself a little group here with Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. Rose then shoot away the cameraman. I, I don't know. She's been eyeing Frankie and, J, uh, and, and Jesse Kamea. I don't know where this is leading to, though. But if this is going to be like a six, six-woman thing, three-on-three, three, then Frankie got to go get herself one more woman. Speaking of Frankie Mano and Jesse Kamea, they had a matchup next where they took on Casey, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. There's some cool double-team moves early on by Catanzaro and Carter. Monet and Kamea briefly got the heat, but the babyface team would soon rally. Monet was working over Carter when Stone got onto the apron. Stone would then... This is the stupidest fucking shit. Stone would take his little man purse deal and throw it at Frankie Monet and go, Finisher! And Frankie would look up and look at him and go, fuck are you doing? Like she didn't say that, but she had that look on her face like, what the fuck are you doing? This backfired though, as a distraction led to Monet eating a kick to the face from Carter. Carter and Catanzaro then executed their double team neckbreaker 450 combo and Casey Catanzaro into Frankie Monet. Yeah, heard me right, ladies and gentlemen. Casey Catanzaro pinned Frankie Monet. Casey Catanzaro and Frankie Monet, I mean, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter have been getting their ass beat week after week on NXT. And then they're going to come here and beat Frankie? Not even like, oh, Frankie Monet lost because Jessica May got the pin. No. Frankie Monet took the pin. I get it. It makes it mean more that she's Pissed off at Robert Stone because she's the one that got pinned because of Robert Stone's mistake. I don't get why she's got Robert Stone out there with her anyways. I get one and Jesse. You need a little backup sometimes. But she don't need another John E. Bravo. No, no, no. But even Bravo didn't fuck up to this degree. The only thing Bravo fucked up was wanting to marry Rosemary and then getting shot by Frankie because they didn't want the wedding to actually I that's impact stuff regardless there's just some interesting shit that they did 
fucking investigator, private eye, Sherlock Holmes, Tommy Dreamer. But anyways, uh, Tori Corsi says, how did you watch it with Olympics on? We watched it on sci-fi. NXT tonight and next week are airing is airing on sci-fi, not the USA Network. Going forward, Robert Stone joined Malcolm Bivens for a sit-down interview with Wade Barrett, and my first thought was, yep, this is why Robert or uh, Roderick Strong is known for his in-ring work. He's an okay talker, not the best talker. Glad he's got Bivens there, but this is why in Undisputed Era, it was usually Adam Cole, sometimes Kyle O'Reilly doing the talking. Bobby Fish, not that good of a talker. Like he can he can make his way through a promo if he needs to. Roderick Strong. Better than Bobby Fish, but still not the best talker. He just needs to, to stay the muscle guy and let Bivens do all the talking. But regardless, Strong put over Bivens with Strong saying that he could not break through the drama with Undisputed Era until he called on Bivens. Bivens put over Strong as a leader, and Bivens talked about getting that money. They both addressed Bobby Fish, saying the biggest match right now for the Diamond Mine is to take out Bobby Fish. And well, they're going to do that. And Strong warned Fish, we will finish this. Then, we actually got two WHDs, weird Hunter decisions, on the same fucking show. Very odd. Because we had Imperium against Hit Row's Top Dalla and Ashanti the Adonis. Now, Imperium was getting the better of Adonis early on in this match. You go, okay, whatever, it's Ashanti the Adonis. You would think eventually they make a comeback. And Adonis never really did until he finally tagged in Top Dollar. Top Dollar mowed down Imperium, and the two traded uh, the two teams started trading before the commercial break. Hit Row looked strong before the break. Imperium would regain control after the break, though, and got the heat on Adonis again. The match was kind of getting a little slow here at times. Until Top Dollar made the tag, did the whole who better than Top Dollar? Not Nada. Cleaned house on Imperium. Adonis then tagged back in, and out would come Legato del Fantasma. North American champion Isaiah Swerve Scott and B Fab were in the corner of Hit Row when Raul Mendoza and Walking Wild would attack Scott at ringside. This got the attention of Top Dollar. The distraction then allowed Imperium to deliver a super uppercut into a doomsday powerbomb. And Barthel would pin Ashanti the Adonis to pick up the victory. And I go, no, you've got something here with, with Hit Row. Because, uh, granted, when Hit Row first started, I wasn't a fan. I'm like, oh, well, they're just rappers. But the more and more they go and grow as a team and get better as a team, the more they've grown on me. Again, not a fan of the rapping stuff. That cipher or whatever they did went too long. Didn't like it. But for them to get pinned, yeah, I get it. Swerve didn't lose. Imperium's probably going for the tag titles. They keep calling out MSK. But why did they have to beat Top Dollar and Ashanti the Adonis? Yes, again, Swerve didn't lose. But this kind of takes Hit Row a step back, even with Swerve as the champion, because it's like, oh, 
Top dollar, not as well impressive as, he, as we think he was. Shanti, the Adonis top dollar, not the team that we thought was going to be able to rise the ranks. Because, well, they got beat by Imperium, who, yes, picked up some wins recently, but they were on a little downward trajectory not too long ago either, or as well. So, two losses that shouldn't have happened tonight. Just like, well, never mind, I'm going to say it. Um, Van Dam Pickenhand, the super chat donation says, Gordon Sully's ghost approves of Samojo and Karrion Cross going head to head. I'm off to the airplane, Lou, with a wet towel and cigarette. R.I.P. Sully. <laughs> Thank you for the super chat donation. Really do appreciate that. As far as next week does go, hold on, let me look something up here. We get three or four things announced for next week's show. Give me one second to double check this. So it was announced for next week. Breakout tournament. Joe Gacy versus Trey Baxter. Bobby Fish versus Roderick Strong. And a love her or a lose her match. Johnny Gargano versus Dexter Loomis, where if Johnny wins, Indy Hartwell, don't think about Dexter anymore. But if Dexter wins, he gets a shot at Indy and gets to go on a date with her. She gets to try and date Dexter. So, yeah. Not going to give any spoilers for next week. But yeah. Also... I saw someone in the chat say Hero versus Legado Fantasma next week, but that wasn't announced. Going forward, we had Adam Cole versus Bronson Reed. Really fun match. They played up the size difference here in the first half of this match. Reed dominated and demonstrated his power. He was kind of... Um, he would go on to squish Cole a couple times. Entering a suplex, Cole targeted a knee. Cole kicked Reed in the knee and knocked Reed off the ropes before the show went to the final break. Cole was working over Reed's leg when we came back. He was trash-talking, as only Adam Cole does. Cole then got squashed again in the corner, and Reed followed this up with a belly bump. Reed then got a near fall, and, countered, and Cole countered Reed to deliver a enziguri, but then Reed countered another move by dropping Cole into a Death Valley driver. Reed got a near fall. Cole with a two here off of a running kick. Cole was then throwing super kicks when Reed caught the last one. Reed hulked up and chopped Cole, but Cole kicked him in the injured knee. Cole then went for the Panama Sunrise, but Reed managed to kick out at two and three quarters after the Panama Sunrise. Cole pulled down his knee pad, going for the last shot. Instead, Cole ate a lariat from Reed, and Cole took a powerbomb. Reed climbed the ropes, setting up a tsunami. But, as some may say, there was no water in the pool because Cole moved out of the way. Cole will then deliver that last shot and pin Bronson Reed to pick up the victory. I know there have been rumors of Bronson Reed coming to the main roster, so maybe this is his final loss. 
He loses here and then goes forth with going to the main roster eventually. So after the match, Kyle O'Reilly would run down and attack Adam Cole. O'Reilly hit Cole with a chair, and O'Reilly choked Cole with the chair. O'Reilly then picked up Cole to deliver a brain buster on the ring steps. Cole was down selling while O'Reilly stood over him, and the show faded to black. And that was NXT. A pretty good show. I mean, I liked half of the stuff they did. Well, most of the stuff. Three quarters of the stuff. And yes, it was pre-taped, so the Dakota Kai thing... I didn't react to it because I knew it was coming. And same with Rich Holland. I didn't react to Rich Holland re- returning because it's like, oh, yeah, there was a spoiler for that. So that's why, you know, I don't, I stay away from impact spoilers for the most part. I, I, at least I try to. Because I like watching impact and not having the spoilers. But NXT, I knew that, you know, we had to put them up on the website. People were going to want to know. And we wanted to do the traffic to the website and the YouTube and stuff. But regardless, NXT, I thought, for what it was, was a good show, but I couldn't enjoy it as much as I should have because of the spoilers. What's going on, Mr. Bangs, you? But with that, now I want to know what you guys thought of tonight's NXT. You can text your thoughts to 510-906-1341. Again, that number is 510-906-1341. But first, let's check the polls. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 100% of you thought the show tonight was just all right. As far as the YouTube poll does go, 82% of you liked tonight's NXT. 11% thought it was just all right. And 7% did not like the show. As far as the text messages do go, Demon Joker says it was announced during Adam Cole and Bronson Reed. What was announced? Hit Row versus Legato. Because I don't see anything on the NXT Twitter about it. You would think that they would mention it there. Let's see. Um, I saw the NXT Twitter account retweet the picture from Ciampa's daughter's birthday party, but nothing as far as... Yeah, nothing as far as announcing a match during the main event that I saw or see. Oh, found it. Yes, next week it is Hit Row, Top Dollar, and Ashanti the Adonis against Joaquin Wild and um not Raquel Raul Mendoza. You are right. Thank you, Demon Joker. I had to sort through all the different tweets on the NXT Twitter, but I did find it. Let's pop that up on the screen for you guys right here if you did miss it as well. Right here in the bottom corner. Hit Row versus Legato del Fantasma next week. Shows how much I remember from the spoilers. All right, as far as the text messages do go. Or says, you see Mandy Rose winning the Women's Championship in WWE? Eh, probably not. Or says, the show was all right. I knew what to expect because I watched your spoiler video, but decent show. Hopefully after next week, they will stop spoiling the show and making people not want to watch it. No, they're only uh, they only taped this week and next week because they're not on USA. Once they're back on USA in two weeks, back to live. Versus, I think NXT was good, but why Frankie Monet get pinned for why not Jesse Kamea? And plus, do you think uh, 
the breakout tournament for a woman for the women anytime soon. I think that'd be a great idea. Excuse me. Doing the breakout tournament for the women, I think would be a great idea. I know they're gonna they've done the Mayon Classic in the past for the women, so maybe that was their whole thing. We got the Mayon Classic for the women, men will get the breakout tournament. Mercedes, do you think Hit Row will become the first NXT champion? Hit, what? Their their tag team or group? What? The first NXT champion? Oh, who do you think out of Hit Row will become the first thing? You know, like main NXT champion? It'll, it would be Swerve if any of them. But honestly, I would assume they get called up before they win the NXT championship or any of them. Um, this person says, I would have loved to see Frank when he slapped the hell out of Robert Stone after he threw that purse at her. Same, same here. But with that, guys, I'll say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember to follow us on social media. Facebook.com forward slash Pro Wrestling ULTD. Follow us on Instagram by searching for Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And follow us on Twitter at PWUnlimited. Remember, guys, we will be back right here. Same place, same time, tomorrow night. For AEW Dynamite, Fight for the Fallen. That show's got a massive 10-man tag main event. Should be really good. Also, what else do they got for tomorrow night's show? They've got Hikaleo challenging Lance Archer for the U.S. title. And a couple other things. Oh, Nick Gage versus the Painmaker Chris Jericho in a no-DQ match. So, right here, tomorrow night, same time, we're talking AEW. Have a good night, guys, and I'll see you next time.